0: Pittman Park has brought so many amazing people into my life that have helped enrich my walk with the Lord. It has also given me a community to be a part of through youth and small groups. I am forever thankful for the memories that Pittman Park has given me.
1: surrounded me with a loving Christian family and community and provided me with numerous opportunities to exercise my faith
2: I'm honored to be a part of the worship team to praise and song as well as serve the church
1: in a reviving experience each Sunday I feel welcomed into open arms and guided by encouraging leadership to strengthen my discipleship as well as relationship with Christ thank you
3: Good morning. Let me welcome you to Pittman Park Online. I'm Bill Bagwell, Senior Pastor. And I'm Jay Williams, Associate Pastor. We're glad to be here with you. And as you've already discovered, this is a special Sunday. This is Graduate Sunday, an annual uh, time of celebration where we especially remember those who are graduating from high school that are a part of our church. Uh, Today, we especially want to congratulate uh, Madeline Wolfe and Daniel Crow and Trey Casey, Uh, on their accomplishment. I know that this has been a strange end to their senior year uh, in that they have not been able to be actually in the classroom setting. But as they now set their mind toward further education and choosing a career and a vocation, we want you to know especially that we love you and that we will be praying for you um, as you move forward with life. Congratulations again to each one of you. This uh, day is a little different than uh, than we have experienced before because instead of our having two different reflections, uh, we are going to share in a dialogue. You want to say just a word about that, Jay?
1: Yeah. Instead of having two sermons uh, this morning, we're going to have a, a dialogue and around the the topic of prayer. It's uh, Colossians four, verse two, and uh, and we've had a, a really good time doing this. We have. This has been very different for us and.
3: Um, it's been a chance just to, to talk just honestly with each other about what we think and about this subject and we hope that it will draw you in as well and that you'll uh, sense the importance of, of this matter that the Apostle Paul raises uh, with the early Christians. Uh, you'll notice that uh, where we will be seated during that time of dialogue, that there, are, there is a beautiful arrangement of flowers uh, just over our shoulder on the, the altar in the chapel. Uh, This arrangement of flowers was given uh, in honor of those that have had to deal with the loss of a a loved one during this time of social distancing. You can imagine, if uh, you might, that this is so difficult, um, not only to experience the loss of a loved one, but not to be able to get together even with family and friends uh, to share the grief and the the type of community support that comes uh, from just being together. Uh, We uh, want to thank uh, this one who who, uh, presented the flowers uh, with bringing this to our attention and also to lift up all of these families in our prayer. Um, As we enter into this time of worship together, let us remember that God is present right here with us. He has promised to gather with us whenever we call upon his name as a community of faith, and so we enter into this time of worship together.
0: Let us pray. Dear Lord, we praise you for being the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, for remaining steadfast in your love for us. May we also persevere in our faith and be alert and focused on you, especially during our prayer times. Dear Father, we praise you and honor you by gathering together in your holy and precious name. Please be with us as we join together in worship of you. We call upon your promise that where two or more are gathered in your name, that you will be with us. We need this assurance today, perhaps more than at any other time during our lives as we deal with this virus that has sickened and killed so many. We lift these victims and their families up in prayer for comfort and healing. We also ask for protection from this virus. Be with the health care workers as they minister to the sick. Please lead the scientists who are searching for a cure or vaccine for this awful disease. We also pray for others who have other forms of illness or financial or unemployment worries. In this troubled time, we have many concerns, but we have faith in you to be with us and to be our help in this time of trouble. Lord, we know that you are our only help. At a time when so many things call for our attention, and we are so easily distracted, may our prayer time be a time to focus solely on you, the source of our peace, even in the midst of our troubles. May our prayer time be a time of focused listening for encouragement and instruction from you. In Jesus' most holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you.
3: This Sunday is a little different in terms of our message. Jay and I just want to have a dialogue together. We've been talking uh, with each other a lot about Colossians over the past several weeks as we've moved through this sermon series, and today we continue with that. Um, You are aware that Paul's letter to the Colossians begins with this mention of thanksgiving and prayer. He is so grateful for who they are, and he tells them that and then he spends a couple of chapters talking with them about uh, how he would encourage them to be a people of uh, faithfulness to their Easter calling in fact the the way in which he talks with them in the third chapter is particularly interesting Uh, we mentioned this last week in our sermons Uh, he says you have died Uh, that is to say that they with Christ have died in some way you have died and Your life is hidden with Christ in God. That is a powerful statement. And we are called to be these Easter people. This is what Paul is calling not only the church at Colossae, but all who are readers of this precious word that we have before us. Today's passage of Scripture is very, very short. It is just one verse, and it is the second verse of chapter 4, which is, is as we read it in the new revised standard version uh, interpreted this way
1: devote yourselves to prayer keeping alert in it with thanksgiving i really like the way that the message puts it you know eugene peterson's paraphrase it reads like this pray diligently stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude I love that. That's a beautiful paraphrase. It, it's, it's a real simple thought, but it's, it's really so important. And, and it begs a question this morning, and the question is, what really is prayer? I, I mean, you know, a lot of times we think about prayer in, in terms of uh, things that are done in church or in the, in the confines of a church service, but prayer is at its heart relational. It, it's about a relationship between you and God.
3: It is, and and it involves uh, really this this structure of of speaking and listening as well. But it really is about building this relationship. In fact, I don't think the disciples knew exactly what they were coming to talk with Jesus about. But one day they came to him and they said, "Teach us to pray," as John taught his disciples to pray. And so Jesus gives to them this very simple prayer. Uh, that we call the Lord's Prayer, some people call it the, the, uh, the Disciples Prayer, and I've heard people uh, in Catholic tradition uh, call it the Our Father. And uh, the, all of those are, are beautiful, but the, the, the thing about this prayer is that it is just simply a thought of how we can begin to, to structure ourselves in a way in which uh, we are attentive to God and that we are aware that God is attentive to us. Uh, in that prayer, uh, it is uh, a beautiful thing to to say, "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name," establishing praise, Thy will be done, and to then talk about uh, trespasses and needs for daily bread, and uh, to talk about our debts um, as we have forgiven others to to uh, to also be forgiven ourselves, and and to to make this connection in a very, very, very simple language before God.
1: And, and, you know, every bit of that is relationship management. I, I mean, you know, it's, it's about removing the things that come between us and our Father, and the things that distract us from us and our Father. And, and so it really comes back to that place of communicating. You know, prayer is, is listening. It's, it's speaking, but it's also just being uh, with God. I mean, you know, Mindy and I, uh, we're married, uh, and we don't always uh, spend time in conversation. Uh, there are times that we sit in a room together, and just her presence uh, brings comfort. And just her presence, there's some security. And, and there's some wonderful things that happen just from the fact that she's there. And I can remember a time when I was uh, when I was younger. I was probably about eighteen, and there were some things going on in my life, and and um, and it was it was heavy struggles. And I remember going to a friend of mine's house, and we would sit down, and we would just say, "God, I just want to come into your presence." And in that place, there was there was solace and and peace, and and security, and in, in a way that. That I really can't explain—a deep, heavy peace—and uh, and it was just from being in His presence, and that's communication also.
3: And it's such a beautiful thought, and and I, I love your illustration about about uh, just being close to someone, and it doesn't always take language uh, in order to make that uh, that communication happen. Um, I remember the story too of of this 17th century French monk whose name was uh, Brother Lawrence. And the story that's told of him is that is that he was so busy in the atmosphere we think of of monasteries as being quiet places where you can spend all of your time in prayer but but his work was in the kitchen and so he had so much work to do that in the mornings he was not able to attend morning prayer or at noonday prayer because it was his responsibility to help provide the meal and to clean up the kitchen And he wondered when he could communicate with God, and it finally came to him that even washing dishes could be a communication with God. Uh, What a beautiful thing, practicing the presence of God is uh, attributed to his way of thinking and his way of living.
1: You know, and, and the scripture here uh, tells us to pray, but it also tells us to be devoted in prayer, to, to make sure that we devote ourselves to prayer. And, and when I think about that, I think about uh, making a plan and, and making a place for prayer in our lives. You know, in, in Luke 5.16, it shows that Jesus did this often. It says, but Jesus withdrew to lonely places. And I began to look through the Scriptures as I was preparing for this, and I began to look for those places that Jesus withdrew, and and they're everywhere. He withdrew before He chose the disciples. He withdrew after John the Baptist was beheaded. He withdrew uh, before the, the transfiguration, before the Mount of Transfiguration. If you if you start looking for those places, it it pops up everywhere.
3: It was a pattern of his life. There was a pattern in his life, and and it may be that you know that's why his disciples came to him and asked because they knew even early on that that was a pattern of his life, and you know all of us, I think. Uh, we try to make those kind of patterns. We we uh, have devotionals. It's Christian tradition to have devotionals. We have uh, devotional books available here at the church uh, that we distribute that are called the Upper Room. And uh, many of you uh, that are listening today, perhaps you use that as a daily devotional. I know that I have used that. Uh, Sue and I love to use one that is uh, called Forward Day by Day. It's a it's a beautiful devotional
1: guide yeah, yeah my, most for his highest and and it's a beautiful book yeah Oswald Chambers and and you, yeah it's it's a it's a wonderful thing god really invites us to draw away with him just like jesus did almost into our closets yeah. and and to be devoted to do that it's it's interesting one of the
3: devotionals that is is very current is one that's entitled jesus jesus calling in fact i I know that our daughters have used that one particularly but it's available online and it's also available in book form just a beautiful thought that jesus is calling to us that god is calling to us to interact with him and to be in relationship Uh, there are there are many many ways in which uh, we are called to be a people of prayer not everybody prays in the same way Um, there's some commonality to the way in which we pray but but there are a lot of differences too. Some people truly, really want to kneel when they are praying. And so they, and it's a beautiful sign of of submission before God and praise to Him. Uh, when I pray, I find that, that the most effective way for me to pray is to be seated in a chair and to just allow myself to be in God's presence, first of all. Uh, but I've even heard people uh, speak of many other ways
1: yeah I, I i like the pace i like to put on music and and i like to pace and pray i've uh, heard
3: people talk about running and and praying or walking and praying i've heard people talk about knitting and praying or weaving you know or painting and letting that be prayer as well there's so many ways to pray i think you were telling me about uh about people praying in the shower I did i was I had a friend say to me one day that one of his favorite places to pray is just when he 's taking a shower. he says it's sort of like a closet, you know, and he said it also reminds me of baptism and god's cleansing me and he said so every every morning when he gets a shower he he uses that as a special time of thinking about God being present with him there and i I think that's a beautiful image i I remember that, that uh, martin luther uh, the uh, Protestant reformer uh, used to take his uh, his water that he washed his hands with uh, every morning and say and he would mark his forehead with it and he would say Martin remember your baptism and so it's a it's a beautiful image and we all come with different images in uh, into this calling to be a people of prayer um, I I think it, it really is like scaffolding. Um, around our lives in order to build this and make it happen and, and all of us need some kind of scaffolding um, in order to train ourselves into being a people that are devoted in prayer. Uh, one of the, the fascinating things to me continually is, is that um, 50 years ago my father-in-law was the pastor of Pittman Park uh, Church and At that time, uh, Ellick and and Margaret Bullington, uh, they were very faithful people in prayer. But there was a sense in which they were building the scaffolding of their lives even then. Uh, Now, just recently, they have reached that age where they have had to move out of their home and they have had to move into assisted living down in Douglas, Georgia, but uh, the, the remnants of all of that scaffolding that was a part of their lives is still present around them. Not only in their prayerfulness now, but in their books. I, I was going through books in their home and I found this book here, which was a beloved book of Alec Bullington's. Um, I know this because he gave me a copy of it. Not this one, but he gave me a copy of this book 25 years ago. And yet this is the book that he used to read through. And it's fascinating because he has the, the dates on the pages that he actually was reading this devotional book. Um, in 93 and in 94 and in 95 and 96, he read this very page. Um, and he focused on it again and again. Uh, there's a note that he wrote to himself um, in this book that is scripture too, but it's interesting the way that he wrote it he wrote this is the day this is the day that the Lord has made that the Lord has made that the Lord has made he says it again let us rejoice let us rejoice and be glad in it I think he's quoting that chorus by this this same passage and be glad in it and then he writes he says elic attitude one day at a time those are pretty significant words. This is good scaffolding. It, it
1: is, and, and, and I think that it's really important to make that place and make that plan uh, to, to relate to God, to talk to God, and, and to have God speak to us. But I also think that, that not only does God want us to make a place and a plan in in our outer world, but I think He wants to make a, a place and a plan in us. I think that's what it means in First Thessalonians five seventeen, where where it says that we should pray Without ceasing, you, you know it kind of goes back to what you were talking about about Brother Lawrence. It, what it means to have, what it means to have an awareness of God, regardless of where you're at and what you're right. doing, yeah. and 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 to be listening and to be talking. And yeah. We we all have this internal dialogue, and how how neat would it be if instead of talking to ourselves and getting what we get when we do, right. what would happen if we turned that dialogue to a dialogue with God? In everything we do you, you know it, I, it just it just reminded me uh, of there was a time in my life where I really uh, got pretty negative about tradition um, I really thought I, I called it dead tradition and, and and it was horrible to me until I needed it and and I, there was a time in my life where things got really dark and, uh, and all of a sudden I couldn't sense God, I, I, I couldn't feel God, I, I, I was at a place of losing hope. And I began to see that tradition or scaffolding, scaffolding it was a handrail uh, that, that I held on to until I could see and sense God's presence again. And, and so, so what I'm saying is, I'm saying that it's important for us to, to, to have this place on the inside uh, this place of, of, of being aware, but also the scaffolding is very, very important.
3: It is, and, and that's, a, that's a great uh, metaphor that you use. I love that, the idea of the handrail, because it, it reminds me, I mean, we reach out, and, and this, the scaffolding really becomes this structure that is giving us stability in life. And without even knowing it, we are extending that. I'm remembering that that old gospel hymn, Precious Lord, Take My Hand, Lead Me On, Let Me Stand. And we, we really, the presence of God is there with us. We just can't sense it at certain times. And it is the scaffolding around us that helps us to connect until finally we do experience God's presence close with us again. It's not that God has left us. It's that we have somehow got into a situ- gotten into a situation in which we feel separated from God. Uh, he goes on, uh, Paul does, in talking about this, and he uses the word keeping, or the words, keeping alert in prayer with thanksgiving and I the the message that you read for us just a little bit ago that phrase is, is uh, you, with your eyes wide open um, and those those thoughts are fascinating to me uh, just the honing of our lives so that we are alert and attentive and aware of what's going on around us uh, that reminds me that there's a a poem in this book is one of the readings of this devotional book that uh, that Alec used uh, that is by uh, Sidney Lanier, that, that famous Georgia poet. Um, it's uh, entitled The Marshes of Glen, and there's just a small segment of it here in this book. Let me read this for us, but you can, can hear his alertness. As the marsh hen secretly builds on the watery side, behold, I will build me a nest on the greatness of God. I will fly in the greatness of God as the marsh hen flies in the freedom that fills all the space twixt the marsh and the skies. By so many roots as the marsh grass sends in the side, I will heartily lay me a hold on the greatness of God. Oh, like to the greatness of God is the greatness within the range of the marshes, the liberal marshes, of Glenn you can feel his alertness in the midst of uh,
1: of just those verses yeah and and so so this is talking about we should be alert to God but there's also another kind of alertness and that is we need to be alert to some pitfalls that happen in you're prayer, right there. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, for pastors. I mean, right. you, you know, we're asked to pray at the drop of a hat. You know, if you're in any social gathering and they know you're a preacher, you're going to be asked to pray. Preacher <laughs> prayers, is pre- my daughters call on. Right, preacher <laughs> prayers. And, and my daughter used to say, don't put on your preacher voice. Yeah. And, uh, and and so, so you know, there's some pitfalls that can yeah. come about. Uh, in fact, Matthew 6 uh, verse 1 says it really well. It says, Beware practicing your piety. Before others, in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. And as I was reading this, I became aware of just how much of a gentleman God is, and that and that He will let you have what you're seeking. Yeah. And and if you're seeking to get kudos, if you're seeking from getting a pat on the back, or or to get a sense of pride from being able to pray, then He'll let you have that. But what you sacrifice is His participation in the situation, and so that's a real pitfall that we can get into. Um, and there's another pitfall uh, also, and, and I'm afraid that I'm guilty of this one too, uh, have you ever gotten to the place where you feel like your prayers are all about you? Okay, uh, there's a country song that that, uh, that I heard, It's it, the title of it is, uh, I Want to Talk About Me. <laughs> And uh, and it, great. yeah and it, it and it it really is it's about a relationship and about this young lady that wants to talk about herself all the time, and as I was listening to it, I went, oh my! At times, I probably sound just like that prayer can to become, God. Prayer can become so egotistical,
3: um, and so self-focused. In fact, uh, with the the love feast celebrations that we've been having on Wednesdays, one of the things that we do with the children is is to do the five-fingered prayer, and four of those fingers are about other people. And then finally you get to the small finger which is about ourselves. That's,
1: that's right. In James, in James 4.3 it, it reads like this, it says, When you ask you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives mm-hmm. that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Right. And start, Instead of seeking the heart of God we are so aware of our circumstances and our, our desires and our wants that we miss out on the solutions.
3: We do. And, and we, we sort of become numb. To God really because we're so focused on ourselves now I don't know what was happening with the disciples um, on the night that they had the the Last Supper and then they followed Jesus to Gethsemane just before his arrest but if if you remember that story um, you will remember that that his disciples uh, fell asleep while they saw their Lord go off to another section a short distance away And he was praying with such intensity that, that as it's reported, that he sweat drops of blood. Um, And then he would come back to them and ask, could you not stay awake with me? You know, stay awake and pray. Stay alert. And they were not able to do that. Now, it may be that they were physically and emotionally so worn out that it just, it was beyond their capability. But finally, just before the arrest he he realized that it was not going to be of any effect anymore to to remind them to be a people of of prayer and and there are times in our lives when we encounter life in such a a difficult way that it becomes to our own undoing because we become unaware of god uh, close
1: to us well i think i think at that point in time we have to be aware that there's a lot of different types of prayer.
3: There are there uh, there is uh, a prayer of lament, a prayer of petition, a prayer of of intercession, a prayer of confession, all kinds. Of, and these many of these are in the Psalms, uh, such beautiful remembrances. And and here, uh, Paul points specifically to the importance of thanksgiving. He says, keeping alert
1: in it with thanksgiving it's almost like it's an antidote for for not being alert that thanksgiving somehow revives you it is and, and there's
3: so many prayers that we can pray and we think that we're being thankful but we're really not being thankful i had a friend who was a presbyterian minister and he and i would often go out to eat and of course as we would do we would uh, one of us would say a prayer or the other would say a prayer before the meal uh but on one occasion i remember more than one occasion uh he would do this but he would look at me I I was sitting there with the eggs and grits and the toast and uh, and he would just look at me and he he would say Bill are you grateful and I would say yes I'm grateful Proctor and he would say well let's eat and it is it is all about this matter of the heart is our heart directed in true gratitude toward God and it's it's a difficult thing
1: at times i know yeah it it, it really is um you, you know the bible says that we should we should give thanks in all things and you know there're just times that uh, that really seem like it would be almost impossible to give thanks you know you think about the death of a loved one or you think about uh, a diagnosis that shows up that you weren't expecting and and uh, And I remember one time hearing a radio show and, and this radio show really caught me off guard. I used to listen to a fella. he was a a, a messianic rabbi. In other words, he was a, a rabbi that believed in Jesus uh, and and he had just been diagnosed with cancer, and he was being interviewed on this radio show and And the question that the fella started off asking Zola was, how do you feel about your diagnosis?" Mm-hmm. I thought that was an incredibly in-your-face question, uh, and I couldn't wait to hear what he said. And there was a pause, and, and this, this Messianic Rabbi said, I'm excited. I did a double take. I, I, I had to hear the rest, and he said, I'm excited. He said, God has been faithful to walk with me through all the areas of my life thus far. Mm. I cannot wait to see how God's going to walk with me wow. in this time. And, and really, that's what Thanksgiving does, isn't it? Thanksgiving shows us uh, who God is and what He's done. And, and in doing that, the seeds of faith are built in us, and, and it can produce peace and patience and all those wonderful things in our life that come from knowing God. So so I really like the, the idea of how um, how Thanksgiving is the antidote for not being alert, you begin to see who God is in and, and, and thanksgiving.
3: That's, that's absolutely powerful, I appreciate you sharing that story particularly, I, I was remembering that the Apostle Paul in the first chapter of this little letter, he says, may you be made strong with all the strength that comes from His glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father." That sounds like what he had already tied into very much. What a beautiful story of a life given to Christ. Um, It's not always easy uh, to live out our faith, uh, but God is with us. And if we have established the scaffolding, we can be his people of prayer, living in full relationship with him. As we come to the close of this time together, Jay, let me tell you that I've enjoyed talking with you. I've enjoyed talking with you too. This has been good. And uh, we should end with just a moment of prayer. And so let me ask that you would quieten your hearts and your spirits and let us pray together right now. Holy Father, we pray that you would be present right here, right now.
2: Amen. (laughs)
4: you. <laughs> so I and
3: The Lord bless you and keep you.